0: Preaching tonight, like last week, filling in, we're we're having another audible tonight, and so uh, we're pl- calling an audible at the line of scrimmage here, but uh, a, a good audible. And so uh, tonight we have our Brother Shane Andrews with us. He is with uh, Middle East Baptist Mission. Is that correct? I'm reading off the card, so I'm hoping it's right. But <laughs> either I'm wrong or the card's wrong, I don't know. Uh, but it's good to have him. I met him ten minutes ago, and he seems like a fantastic guy. He really does. And you know how I know he's a fantastic guy? He's got a beard, hey, amen. I got my kindred brother here, and uh, I know he loves the Lord because he's grown that thing out. And uh, no, uh, just talking to him, the Lord has certainly uh, got plans and a calling upon his life. And so I wanted to give him the opportunity while he's traveling through tonight uh, to come and share. And so at this time, I'm going to ask him to, to come on up and to share with us for a few minutes your burden, what the Lord's called you to, and may the Lord bless you. And then, then we'll get to the good stuff, Mr. Mr. Rick, all right?
1: It is a blessing and a pleasure to be here. Thank you for allowing us to come in on short notice like this. And uh, My name is Brother Andrews. I'm a missionary to the Middle East, commissioned out of Rescue Baptist Church in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. I'm assisted by All Points Baptist Mission. It's an endorsing agency for the United States Armed Forces chaplains. And then they have missionary teams worldwide. And uh, over the last couple of years, uh, God's had me working in the Middle East in the nation of Egypt, and then more recently here in the, na- in the nation of Turkey And I would like to just take a short opportunity to play this video to show you, this is just an update over the last couple of years, over the last couple of years is what the Lord's been doing in our life and our work and in the ministry, and then I'll follow up after the video. Yeah. Is there no audio on it? Yeah, there it goes. To the Arabic language. I use this material to teach in the college and to help the upcoming pastors. I have a desire to translate 13 other doctrinal topics, and we are praying the Lord will provide the means necessary to sustain our translators through the process. We also cleaned up the uh, unattended medical clinic, finished the electrical work, and added iron to windows and doors for added security. In 2021 and 2022, the Lord enabled us to build the studio of joy. This studio is being used to broadcast gospel preaching and doctrinal teaching throughout the Arab speaking nations of the Middle East via satellite TV with the potential of reaching over 200 million people with the gospel. to the Lord enlarged our coast and sent us into the nation of Turkey. As we took our first journey into the nation of Turkey, we accompanied missionary Camp Leboe and missionary Michael Gehrman and their families. We went into the northern part of Turkey in a city called Dushye where Brother Michael had planted a church a uh, month prior, and uh, we had a conference there where we were teaching what is a baptist. We covered topics such as salvation, baptism ship, um, false religions, and just was very thorough covering topics that could help these uh, young Christians. During that conference, we seen, I believe, a total of 17 saved and baptized. During that uh, conference, there was a young man by the name of Amir, who asked us to come to his city to plant a church. So we packed our bags, traveled six and a half hours south to an area called Deninsley, where we had set up another uh, Bible was able to teach and preach in an Iranian restaurant. During this conference, we see a total of 20 saved and 21 baptized. It was amazing. And it's not an ideal place where you would want to hold a baptism. Uh, as we were baptizing, I was holding the camera there. And we, I was filming, and there were three Muslim men in the pool beside of us watching us. And I, I was praying that the Lord would protect us. And um, after we finished uh, baptizing 18 former Muslims, uh, one of those men, this man right here, climbed out of the pool, and he walked over to us. And he said, I'm from Iran, I'm a Muslim, and I've been reading the book of Psalms. And he's like, I'd like to be baptized. So we set him down on the steps and went through the gospel with him. And he put his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And- I've learned over the years that there are no closed country. There are only creative access. And we still have the responsibility of go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And, you know, that responsibility is the responsibility of the church and then the responsibility of the missionary. And I can't do uh, what God's called me to do without churches laboring together with me. And, you know, we, we'll never see the Muslim people coming out of the false religion of Islam uh, until someone's willing to go and share the glorious gospel. You know, the gospel is powerful, and it, it, it oversees any boundaries or limits that we may see, and it's just amazing watching what the Lord has done over the last couple of years. Um, another one of the ways that we get the gospel out is through the use of, these are the next generation gospel tracts. I've developed these QR code gospel tracks in 29 different languages, and it's a way that we can share the gospel over the language barrier. I've also uh, put it into an application called the Sower 2020 app. You can download this at the Play Store or the Apple Store from your phone, and this will put this application onto your device so that you too can share the gospel over the language barrier. We have no excuse anymore, Uh, but let me tell you this. With the capability comes responsibility and when you download this onto your phone now you have the responsibility of using it, uh, using it. and it's something that the Lord has shown me it's a, cre- it's a great way of reaching people with the gospel I once sat in an airport a group of Chinese people came in about 25 of them they sat down I was in a restaurant in the airport in New York they sat down and they ran out of chairs and one Chinese man came over and sat in the chair and he, he pointed at the chair at my table And I I motioned for him to sit down, and I looked at him, and I said, English, and he shook his head, and I said, Mandarin, and he went like this. I simply just took my iPad and turned it on, flipped it around, and popped it up, and went to the Mandarin, the Chinese video, and played it right there on the table so he could hear a clear presentation of the gospel in his own language. And it's amazing the technology that God has given us. And with along that technology comes the responsibility of reaching people with the gospel. So I challenge you, I encourage you to go and download that application onto your device and pray that the Lord will give you an opportunity to use it some, someday. I want you to pray for my wife. Uh, she's pregnant with our third child. She has uh, been in the bed for the last three weeks, very sick. And uh, just pray that the Lord would touch her body and continue to help her. Um, pray that the Lord will help her with the nausea and, uh, nausea and everything that she's dealing with with this pregnancy. Pregnancy is always a hard thing for her, and it has been with our other two children, and now with this third one. And just pray that the Lord will protect the child. And um, I also have a need, and my need is, is for you to pray for me. Um, over the last uh, few months, I've been dealing with um, um, they're entertaining the diagnosis of uh, and- Andalusia. Uh, ankylosing spondylitis. Um, and I'm, I've had many different symptoms of this disease, and it's an autoimmune disease that attacks your spine and then also your major joints in your body. And just pray that the Lord will touch my body and help and heal me, and uh, that He will continue to use me and continue to send me forth. I've got a desire to reach people all around the world with the gospel. And I need his hand upon me, and I need his hand of protection, and I need his healing touch upon my body right now. So I ask you to pray for me. And I thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. If I can do anything to help you, uh, maybe some tracts or something in a foreign language, maybe you have a need for uh, scriptures in the Semitic language, some of the Arabic or Hebrew, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to be a help to you so that we could see uh, these Muslims coming out of the false religion of Islam and placed into the family of God. And then serving Christ alongside of us. Thank you, Pastor.
0: All right. Well, real, real quick um, before we turn over to Rick, a uh, couple things. First of all, let's let's do this for our brother. Uh, let's pray for him and his wife. Amen. Uh, let's pray for them. Let's pray for these for these needs for the pregnancy, uh, for his own health, and let's pray that God would touch them and, and provide for them um, what they need for for their health, but as well uh, to get them on the field and to continue to see this work being done. And if it's all right with my brother uh, since tonight, it's been kind of a spontaneous night anyways. Just wanted to see if you'd be willing to do just a couple uh, questions and answers, if anybody has anything about sort of what you're doing and able, and if not, that's fine too. Um, but, uh, but let's pray for him. All right? Let's pray. Our gracious heavenly father, God, we come to you this night and we want to thank you for this uh, dear brother who's come to share his burden, to share the work that you've been doing, Lord, through him and mothers uh, who are sharing the gospel with, with others uh, throughout this world, and Lord, we want to thank you that while we might not see waves of revival here in America right now, God, we certainly see that you are still saving souls here, there, and everywhere. And we thank you that where the gospel is preached, uh, you are faithful in calling uh, people to repentance. And Lord, it's your goodness that draws men to repentance. And Lord, that you saved souls and you've seen baptisms and you've seen people who have committed their life to you. And God, we thank you for that and pray that you would grow those young Christians, uh, get them and and provide for them uh, godly churches and pastors and teaching. Lord, that the, so they might be used of you uh, in their nation to reach their own people. We do thank you for technology that's able to allow us to communicate with them and to share the gospel clearly. Help us to be creative, and Lord, to not look at countries as closed access, but truly as creative, Lord. Help us be creative with getting the gospel to this world as you've commanded, and Lord, as you've also given us the privilege to take your gospel to be a light unto the world. We do pray for our dear brother, uh, him and his wife. We pray for his wife, for the pregnancy, God, that you would uh, protect that baby, protect uh, her from the continued illness and, and different battles and struggles of this pregnancy. God, we pray for, for symptoms, relief, for strength physically, emotionally, and, and spiritually as well for her and for the entire family. We pray for him as well, Lord, as uh, he's struggling with his own health issues, God. And they've got certainly a lot of things juggling up in the air right now, but God, we know that you are able to bring healing for both of them. We know, God, that you are uh, far more strong, uh, stronger than any modern medicine, but God we, God, we do thank you that you've provided such. We pray, God, that you would give them uh, testing that's needed, provision that's needed, uh, any sort of medications that would be needed to uh, get them into uh, good health. But, Lord, ultimately, we know that uh, even those things aren't even needed, God. You're able to touch a body and you're able to bring about whole and complete healing. So, God, we pray that you would do so. And, Lord, we trust that you're able. We trust that you can. And, Lord, we trust that even in the midst of such a thing, God, that your grace is sufficient to sustain them through such trials and storms. And, Lord, that your grace is sufficient to provide for them, to see them through to the calling that you've placed upon their life. Lord, we thank you. Praise you, Lord, for who you are and what you've done. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, tonight, um, anyone has a, a question for our dear brother? And I know he would be perfectly willing uh, and able to uh, to answer it. If anybody's got one, just throw your hand up and I'll, I'll call on you. If anybody's got anything? I, I guess I would, um, kind of maybe to help break the ice a little bit. And if no one else does, I'm kind of curious, how do you find the connections to be able to get into these creative access countries, to be able to do what you do? Um, and how do you guys go about that sort of thing?
1: Um, you, you, scripturally, you find uh, Gaius. Gaius in the scriptures, uh, the Bible recorded him as a host. In getting into these nations, you must have a host that invites you in multiple countries or nations around the world. Uh, you have to labor alongside someone. You see that in Acts chapter 20, where Paul took seven men with him, and Gaius was one of those men. So it's important that we co-labor together with men on the other side that enables us to be able to get into these countries. Uh, you have other means and ways to get in. Sometimes they go in through teachers. Uh, sometimes they go in uh, through business or whatever it may be that God uses to open up the do- doors to those countries.
0: Amen. Anybody else have any questions or anything like that about his ministry, about what God's doing there? Yes, sir.
1: Um, Lord willing, I'll be going back into the nation of Turkey the uh, latter part of this year. Um, over the years, God has had me in Kenya, Ghana, Uganda, uh, Egypt, Turkey, and uh, here in the United States. So uh, I, I love to travel. Um, I believe that if someone has a desire to share the gospel with others, God, there's no limit or no bound to what God can do. And... Um, I share this with you. You see the inside of that studio there in Egypt. Um, You'll never read in the Bible uh, where God used a man unless he took a step of faith first. And uh, the building of that studio, God sent me into the nation of Egypt with $1,000 in my pocket to start the building project there in that studio. And I questioned them. I prayed, and God, is this really what you want me to do? and I remember going in you've seen what that building looked like I remember going in and getting on my knees in that room while it was filthy and dirty and I prayed and I said Lord what do you want me to do and the Holy Spirit said studio and you know it didn't come easy it came through a step of faith and sometimes it's those large steps of faith and then sometimes it's small steps of faith and then when we're obedient to those things God can bless us and you know in actuality it's not my faith because my faith is wavering, but it's his faith, and it's what God can do. It's, it's putting our faith in trust. And, you know, we look at what God's done in our lives. He's never failed us. He's always been faithful through thick and thin. And, you know, that, that strengthens our faith in what he can do and what he's willing to do in and through us.
0: Amen. Yes, ma'am.
1: They, they do occasionally. It depends on the uh, areas of the world that we're working in. Um, not all areas are safe. So, you know, uh, we don't take uh, the women and children. Even in the Old Testament, uh, they left the women and children back sometimes. And, uh, you know, you have to use discernment and use the wisdom of God. Um, my family has been in the nation of Egypt. Um, the nation of Egypt is not um, so volatile. Um, as other e- regions of the world uh, but there's still a great need all, all around the world to reach people with the gospel and you know uh, he hath not given us a spirit of fear but a power and love and a sound mind and you know we shouldn't live in fear uh, we shouldn't allow fear to cripple us from being a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ
0: anybody else anybody else got any questions for brother yes sir
1: Turkey is more one of the volatile regions to where you face a lot of opposition from the government. Um, you know, it is still under uh, Islamic rule, so to speak, and um, you, don't, you do have the liberty to plant churches there. Uh, they have to be registered with the government, and so there are churches there that uh, some of them are registered and some of them are underground churches. Um, the Turkish people are hardened to the gospel. And I I want you to pray, I I remember sitting there in uh, Istanbul, and I was sitting in a restaurant looking at the Turkish young people gathered there in the restaurant eating, and God just burdened my heart. One of the most challenging things about Turkey is the language, and uh, it uses our um, alphabet, but a lot of the letters that we know have a different sound, so it's for someone that knows the English language, it's very challenging. And uh, so y'all pray that the Lord will help me with that language. I'm currently now studying, um, I've been studying Egypt, uh, uh, Egyptian dialect of Arabic for two years, and I'm studying Turkish and Farsi as well. So pray that the Lord will help me accomplish these languages. Any others? I ask you to, as a church that you would uh, continue to corporately pray for us, pray for our family, um, and just pray. Put us on your prayer list, and pray the Lord will uh, meet our needs and set a hedge of protection about us and continue
0: to use us. Thank you. Amen. All right, y'all give them a round of applause again. Praise the Lord for that. And I thank you for being willing to answer some questions and things and, and to be able to share your heart. And uh, praise God for people like that. Hey, missionaries are not just people that we stick on a on a map in the back and we, you know, cut a little check or mark a little box on the envelope. Missionaries are, are real people who have been called our God to go carry the gospel um, to places that we would never go, <laughs> uh, and so uh, we we praise the Lord for your courage, we praise God for his work uh, in, in your life and the life of others who are willing to to simply say yes to the Lord, so uh, praise God for that, and, uh, and uh, certainly I believe tonight was uh, providence of the Lord to bring you here and, and we would allow you to, to do so. I uh, believe you probably answered some questions for people and uh, gave us someone else to pray for, and uh, we he needs the prayers and we need the practice, don't we? Amen. We need, the, need to be praying, but um, <clears throat> I'll pray and uh, kind of open up and uh, I'll pray for us tonight, pray for Rick, and then Brother Rick's going to come and, and give us Bible study tonight, and I want to thank you guys for being so flexible, uh, for being so gracious. It's been a good day in the house of the Lord, and I'm thankful for what God's doing. We've got Kids Club happening in the back, and, and uh, we have missionary tonight, uh, Bible study. It doesn't get much better for that than a Sunday night, so praise the Lord for that, and uh, so good to have each one of you with us, but uh, let's pray, and then uh, Brother Rick, it's all yours. God, we want to come to you this night. We just thank you again uh, for our dear brother. We pray that you would provide uh, just health and healing for him and his wife. Pray that you would provide provision for them, Lord, for the field uh, as well. God, just their daily needs. That you would continue to give them great courage and strength and faith, Lord. And as 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 He, as he said, Lord, and He's exactly right, God. Uh, Lord, it's ultimately Your faith through Him and, and God that You would continue to give Him uh, faith and and grace and strength that uh, can only come from You, God. Give Him peace as He's going to these. Uh, dangerous uh, countries and in these places of uncertainty but Lord uh, grateful that he's certainly trusting you we pray that you would continue to help him we do pray now uh, for this night as we open up your word God that you would be uh, speaking to us through your word the power of your Holy Spirit God that we would be learning not just more in our our minds God uh, of your word but Lord that we would learn more of you in our hearts, that we might follow you by faith. God, we thank you for each one that's here. Be with Brother Rick, guard his heart and his mind, and I pray that you would help him, that you would speak through him tonight, and God, use him as a tool and a vessel. We thank you for goodness, your faithfulness, and your love towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't get to do this often. Normally, I'm the one walking up here, but y'all embarrass Rick like y'all embarrass me on Sunday morning. Give him, give Brother Rick a round of applause. I appreciate him.
2: Can you hear me now? Okay. Good. I can turn it down a little bit. All right. Well, let's take some prayer requests. Anybody got any prayer requests? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Eileen Acres. Okay. She fell. She fell, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Caleb didn't push her? (laughs) Uh, Pray for Brenda's mom, Geneva. She's still in the hospital. Anybody else? Uh, Yeah, Larry Davis' family. Anybody else? I'm a whole pastor for last. great. Pray <laughs> for the back to school bash. Back to school bash, yeah. And that is August 13th. Anybody else? Anybody? Okay. All right, let's go to Lord little prayer, and then we'll get started. I appreciate the missionary being here, not only for him being here and telling us about his mission, but he also used up a few of that minutes, which helps me, because sometimes when you're up here, pastor knows it. You get into a message, and you've got to stretch it out. And so I'm, I appreciate you, brother, for being up here for a few minutes. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning or this evening. We praise you for all that you've done for us. Lord, we pick up a, a Brother Andrew here. We lift him up to you, Father, him and his family, and the mission he is on. Father, you have guided these men to uh, take these places and these positions that uh, others wouldn't. And, Lord, you have prepared them and, and taught them and put them in that, that uh, spot. And And so we pray for his guidance, uh, for his protection, for his family's protection, and for the health care. Uh, problems, uh, Lord, we just lift them up to you, Lord, we lift up uh, Irene Akers, Father, we just pray that you would uh, uh, just put your hand of healing upon her, uh, give her comfort and help there, uh, for my mother-in-law of Geneva, uh, Father, just continue to uh, bless there and, and heal, we lift her up, and for Larry Davis' family, Father, for the loss of, of Reba, uh we lift them up For Stephanie, Father, for mental uh, problems and drug problems. Lord, you are the great physician. You can do all that needs to be done. You can heal hearts as well as minds. Father, we lift her up. and Father, we pray for the children's uh, ministry back here. We pray for the back-to-school bash that's coming up. Lord, that we would have a crowd here, that we would have the the, uh, items that we can give to them to help them to go back to school and have plenty of uh, materials to use. Father, we just pray for this church. We pray for your church uh, throughout the world, Father. We just lift it up to you and ask you to continue to bless, continue to revive it, continue to help it grow. Father, we do praise you and thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you. We pray, Father, that we can glorify and honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right. Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. A couple weeks ago, we got into the start of Galatians chapter 4 <coughs> with the introduction to it. Uh, pastor said a while ago, he said the reading he thought Brother Andrew was a really nice guy because he had a beard. Well, I got about three weeks of non-shaving here, so I want to get on his good side. Okay, <laughs> got go. I got a ways to go, but I'll get there. Chapter four, just to uh, back up and do a review of what we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, verses one through seven. Uh, Paul has uh, introduced or, or re his his uh, idea that we as child of God before we come to salvation, we are uh, like a servant. We are no better or no higher than a servant even though we are heirs to the kingdom. He talks about how we had uh, been under the authority of the tutors and governors until the appointed time of the Father. He talked about how we had been under that bondage of those elements of the world, the society, those elementary principles that life brings into our lives. Uh, about the fullness of time when Christ came and brought that ability to redeem us, or that, that opportunity for us to, uh, by grace, through faith, believe on Jesus Christ, His death, burial, resurrection, and now became, He redeemed us, and we now became the adopted sons and daughters. Uh, we spoke about that, and how we, as adopted children of Him, We cannot be let loose, let loose, let loose. God will not release us from that. It cannot be done. It is a done deal. We're solid, we are sealed, and cannot be taken away from him. He will not release us from it. We start in verse 8 this week. i probably only go down to verse 12. We may just follow that and finish up later on. But he says in verse 12, he says, How be it then? When ye knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that, ye have known God, or rather, are known of God. How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. Ye observe the days and the months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as you are. Ye have not injured me at all. Paul gets into, he talks about prior to God's grace of salvation unto us, Paul is now talking about how before we came to Christ, before we were saved, we served those false gods, those idols. He said we served those that are not God, but we thought they were God. We spoke last week about how Paul talked about how we were before our uh, salvation, that we were like a child under the tutors and governors until we were at that time that God decided it was time for us to be mature, to come to him, and to be uh, uh, the mature Christian that we should be. Now, we're never going to be mature in any of this. We won't be mature until we leave here and be with Christ in heaven. But he says you knew not God that time before we were saved, before grace came yet we served those that by nature are no gods. The Galatians were uh, Gentiles, part of them were Jews, but they were pagans. I spoke last, or a couple weeks ago, I explained to you that you know the Galatians uh, people think well they were just Gentiles and They had no religion, but they did. They were pagans. They worshipped the sun god and the moon god and and all these pagan deities. And Paul says, before you came to know God, you served these gods. They were pagan gods. They held you in captivity. You were in bondage to them. He said, verse 9, he said, But now, after your conversion, you now know God. Or better yet, he says, God knows you. Now, that's kind of confusing because God has always known us. He says, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. So, what is Paul saying here? Paul is saying, not only did God know us, he knows us more intimately. He knows us as his sons, his adopted children, not just a sinner walking the streets. He knows us as his adopted son. He knows us. He always knew us more intimately than than we even knew ourselves. But Paul is trying to uh, get them the idea that they are more closer to God now under their salvation than they ever have been. He said, but now after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, you are now his children, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements? How can you, after you've come to Christ and you've known him for a certain period of time, all of a sudden decide, eh, I'm going to go back the way I used to. I think about this once in a while. I think, you know, I I know I'm a born-again Christian. I know Christ. I am secure in my salvation. But sometimes, sometimes you get it in your head, you know what? It would be better if I just went back the old way. Just went back, just lived my life the way I wanted to, not worry about all this, just, you know, go back the way it was. But God says you can't do that. The pastor preached on it this morning. So we can't go back to that. So we don't want to go back. We should not want to go back to that. And Paul says, why do you want to do that? It, it would be like, I'll take Brother Andrew's example of being a Muslim. And, and the, the 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 bondage that you're in of following all the rules and regulations, just like a Jew did. You had to follow those to the letter. And then you get saved. You, you by grace through faith accept Christ as Savior, his death, burial, and resurrection, and you get saved, and now you're free from that bondage. You don't have to do that thing anymore. Yeah, I'm sure the Egyptians doing with it. When they're, they're, they're probably in persecution once they get saved. They, they, you know, their families, the stories I've heard. Paul said, Why do you want to go back to that? And that's what the Galatians were doing. The Judaizers have come in, and they were teaching just the opposite of what Paul was teaching. And they are now confused. They think, Let's just go back to the old ways and just that way. We have today a lot of people that's still doing that. They come to church. They get saved. I don't know if they're truly saved. They may or may not be. It's not me to say. I don't know. But God says they are known by their actions. Okay? So if, if, if they come in, they get saved, they, they believe that, they live that for a while, and then they go back to it. The pastor said this morning, maybe they should question that. Whether they truly received Christ and accepted his salvation or not. But Paul says, he said, rather you were known God, why would you want to turn back again to that weak, those idols, those false gods, those desires to be in bondage again? Brother Andrew, he sees those Muslims coming to Christ. Why would they want to turn around and go back into the Muslim life again? Knowing the bondage that they would be in? But he said, where until you desire to be in bondage again? He said, you observe the days, the months, and the times, and the years. As Jews and as Gentiles, even Gentiles were pagans, gods, they were observing the holidays, the ceremonies, the traditions, the customs, even after their salvation. And Paul was asking, he says, He said, you're observing these things. You're still trying to live that old life even though you're in a new life. He said, why would you want to do that? He said, after your conversion. He said, you're believing, you're you're celebrating these pagan holidays and festivals, believing that they mean something. We have several holidays in this country that to me don't mean anything. Okay, they, they just, they're something, that somebody came up and said, oh, let's celebrate that. We have entire months devoted to it. To me, it doesn't mean anything. It, it, but these people, these Gentiles were going into that. They were, they were still observing that. Uh, for a while, they had gotten off of it. And now they're going back to it, and they're observing these holidays and these festivals. And Paul said, why are you doing this? You no longer have to do those things. He said, I'm afraid of you. And th- this is not afraid of, he's not afraid of them, uh, uh, their, their power over him or anything. He's afraid for them. He's afraid that all his work, he says here, at least I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. If Brother Andrew goes to Egypt and Turkey and he preaches, and he builds churches for years and years and years and never sees a soul saved, he probably sometimes wondered, am I doing this in vain? Am I doing it right? We do the same thing here. I'm sure a pastors pastor has been through it too. You know, I preach and preach and preach and preach and nobody comes to the altar. That's not our problem. We're to preach the word. We're to give it out. God will give the increase. When he decides it's time, go back to verse 2. What's it say there? In the time appointed by the Father. When it's time, they'll come. But it's the job of the pastor, the preacher, the evangelist, the missionary, to preach the gospel, get it out there. God will take care of the rest. But Paul says, he, he's kind of discouraged. He says, Am, have I done all this work? Have I worked among you? Have I preached to you? Have I helped you? Have I prayed for you? All in vain? Is it for nothing? He says, you're going back to the silly superstitions. You're observing the holidays and stuff. He said, I'm afraid that I did this for nothing. It's in vain. Paul is being very passionate in his letter. He wants them to understand and, and some theologians think that he he's been very angry with them. And, and it comes to a point when he gets to the end of this part, he says that kind of, he says, I want to change the way I'm saying this. If I was there in person, I would kind of have to change the way I'm talking to you. He said, but I want you to understand it. You've got to understand this. He's afraid that they're going to turn back the other way and, and go back to the old life. He said, I'm afraid of you, least I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Paul was very passionate about his, his uh, work with them. He was afraid that, that all the work he's done there in Galatia, starting the churches and, and preaching and people getting saved and, and everything, and that maybe they didn't get saved that maybe this was all in vain. It was was a discouragement for him. He says, Brethren, I beseech you. In verse 12, "I I beg you, he says, be as I am, for I am as you are. You have not injured me at all. This confused me when I first read it, until I started studying this. He said, be as I am. Paul wants you to look at him as an as a example. Follow his footsteps. And the reason he wants you to do that is he's been where they were. He says, I am as you are. Well, is he being confused and wanting to go back to the old way? No, that's not what he means. What he means is, is that he's been in that position. He's been in that suffering and, and that heart, uh, that that position of he was, he was a Jew, he was a, a a Pharisee, and when God stopped him on that road and turned his mind and his heart, he had to turn everything he had away from that Jewish tradition that he was living, and that was hard for him and it's the same way with these Galatians they were turning back to the old ways they had gotten saved they had Started living their free life the way God wanted them to, and then all of a sudden they decided the Judas had to come in and get them all confused, and they said, "Well, let's go back and live the way we were." And Paul says, "I've been there. I know what you're going through." He says, "I've been there. I, be as I am. I'm in mean, that." Paul he goes on to talk about his, his illness that he had, his infirmity. But Paul says, I've been in that same position. He says, and, and I'm sure Paul through his years had doubts once in a while when he was preaching or when he was starting a church or, or ministering to these people. But he says, I beseech you to be as I am. Hold on to your faith. Don't go back to that way. We, we've, over the years, we've seen... even in this area, I don't know about other areas, this area, I've known men who have gone into the pastorate, and within a few years, they've gone out of the pastorate. And now living that life that they used to live. Are they saved? I assume. I can't tell. I don't know their hearts. But sometimes you have to wonder, were they even saved at all? Had they even really realized who Christ was and knew him? Paul says, be as I am. Behold that faith. Don't turn back. Hang on to it. Let's go on to verse 13. He says, you knew how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. Paul had a, other problems, but he also had an eye problem. And he'll, he'll mention the reason here, or, or part of for that reason. He had an eye problem. And some historians or, or theologians think that the eye problem was a situation where he, it, it would distort his face. There, there's, a, there's a disease called grave disease. Y'all ever heard that? And it, it causes the eye to bulge out, as, as far as much as I know about it. It causes the eye to bulge out, and you have to wear special glasses for the sun and stuff. But I think Paul had something like that, maybe. But he had an eye problem. And he says, through his infirmity of the flesh, his problem, his injury or his illness that he had, he still got up and preached. I remember pastor a few weeks ago, he had a cold or flu or something. He wasn't feeling good. But he still got up here. And Paul talks about that. He says, you know how I, through my infirmity in the flesh, I still got up and preached the gospel to you the first time I was here. Now, they say that maybe this, this disease or this illness he had distorted his face. And it it kind of just made him just didn't look very pureful. Uh, uh, you know, his appearance was messed up or something. But he says, he goes on, I went ahead and preached the gospel to you anyway. He said, and my temptation, which was in the flesh, ye despise not. He was probably thinking, I don't look right. I don't feel good. I don't have the way I want to be. I don't think I want to go through with this. You ever had that thing? Something you knew you had to do, but you felt, I just don't feel up to it. How many times do you get up on Sunday morning and say, oh, I know i got to go to church. I don't feel like it. I'm going back to bed. See, you just go back to bed. You don't you don't you don't realize when you come into this gathering house, you come to worship. You know how many yeah you could probably walk through that door and God may go, Oh wow, my head's all clear and I feel good and everything. But Paul says through his infirmity he went ahead and preached his temptation which he had in the flesh. He despised not. He didn't let it stop him. He went ahead and preached. And he says, not, ye flesh despised not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel. They could have, you know, it'd be like somebody coming in here with a deformity that just, and you look at me, and you go, oh oh, that, that's got to be painful, that's got to be hurting, or, you know, you, you just you kind of cringe, you know, and you think, wait a minute, pastor's going to let them preach? we got to sit and look at this, you know? Well, that's what Paul was going through. And he says, you Galatians, you had such love for me, you let me get up there. You didn't reject me for this. You didn't stop me. You didn't despise me. You didn't reject me but you received me as an angel of God. Pastor uh, Brother Andrew talked about the Egyptians being acceptable to to this gospel and wanting to hear it. These people were doing that. They wanted to hear what Paul had to say. They had heard about him, but they'd never seen him or heard him preach, so they wanted to see him. And even though he was in a, a way of How to say it, his infirmity uh, and not looking very well and not being in a great uh, uh, physical uh, position, they still wanted to hear it. They had an ache to hear it. He said, My temptation which was in my flesh, ye despised not nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as if I was Christ Himself. They had that much love for Him. They had that much care for him. He goes on to verse 15. We're going to have to stop here in a minute. We'll get down to 16 What's up? But because of his infirmity, because of the way he looked, he still continued. They received him even with all this going on. They listened to him. They received him just as, as he would an angel from Christ or Christ himself. He said, where is then the blessedness you spake of? What happened to the blessings? What happened to the happiness? What happened to the joy that you had the first time I was here? What happened to it? They weren't happy anymore. They they wanted to go back to that that bondage of their pagan gods, their their pagan religion. And Paul is asking them, what happened to that joy? When's the first time you got saved? How did you feel? I know how I felt, I was overjoyed, I was, I was happy, man, I, could, I couldn't believe the freedom I felt, the burden I was out from under. And, and it goes on, and we'd all do it, the first few weeks, the first few months, man, you want to pass out tracks. you want to do this, you want to get into the church every day, every time we're here, and you want to do all this stuff, and you're just happy, I mean, you just, this is fantastic. But after a while, it kind of, yeah, okay. Oh, we got Sunday school this morning. Got to listen to Pastor Joe again. You know, you get that way, right? We all do. But Paul is asking them, he said, you were so happy, so joyful or blessed blessed when that first time I came to speak and and you all got saved, what happened to you? Why are you not having that anymore? When we first started coming here, 30, what was it, 88, '98, whatever how many years that is, <laughs> we were welcomed. We sat right back here in that back pew. We came one week. We were going to go to another church. We couldn't, so we come here. Pastor Neil preached. I don't remember what the sermon was. I've got it on tape somewhere, but I don't remember what it was. But I know by the end of that sermon, I broke down. Because it wasn't just Pastor Neil's preaching; it was what he preached. It was God's word that he preached, and you talk about somebody that was relieved. I mean, it was it was just fantastic. And I had that blessing. I had that happiness. I've had that happiness lost. And I've had it brought back again. And we used to sit in this church, and boy, we could people would yell "Amen" and "Hallelujah" and. We weren't being Pentecostal, don't get me wrong. We weren't going in the aisles and jumping on the seats and all that stuff. But we was amening, and we were Hallelujah. We were raising our hands. If somebody stood up in the middle of a song, they stood up. I mean, that was just the way it was. But Paul wants to know what happened to their happiness, that they spake of, or the happiness they had when they first came, when first got saved. For I bear you record that if it had been possible, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. They cared enough about Paul and his gospel that he preached to them. They cared enough about him and had that intimacy with him and that happiness for him that they would have gave their eyeballs. That's a mention of his ailment that he had. He was having that eye problem. He said, you were so enthused and zealous for me that you would have plucked out your eyeballs and handed me so I could have better eyesight. And that's what he's talking about. They had that intimacy. They had that, that camaraderie. They had that uh, passion for him. And now he's wondering why. I, you go to the next verse. He says, why am I your enemy now? I preached the truth to you. You see what happens when these people, these judicizers get in the middle of things and people start looking at other religions or other denominations? It divides. It separates them from the truth. We have so many false denominations, I'll call them, and preachers out there, that even though we know the truth, If we're not careful, we'll turn back to that. We'll start following them. I know some good Christian people, devout. I I know they love the Lord. I know they they tend their church up. But I will see them post stuff that come from, well, (laughs) all these false religions, all these false teachers. Benny Hinn and, and... George Meyer and T.K. And Price and all these people. They'll post just because they said something nice. That's fine. They said something nice. But they are, they, they're following this. They think these guys are okay. Uh, what is it? Paula White. She's written books. She's got podcasts. She's got TV shows. You listen to her for five minutes. And I guarantee you, you're going to hear the false come out. But Paul wants to know why they've lost that happiness. Why they're turning against him now when he preached the truth to him. Because of Judaizers, Because of false teachers, false preachers, false church religions coming in and making it sound good. And Paul's afraid that they're going to turn back to that. I'm going to stop right there at 16. We'll finish up. Probably not the whole chapter next week, but we'll get into it. But Paul wants to know what happened. You know, if, if someone comes in and, and we see them, they, they, they accept Christ uh, and they get saved, and we see them come in for several weeks, days and weeks, maybe months, maybe even years, and then all of a sudden you don't see them no more. What happened? Well, more than likely, they either got discouraged by something in the church, or they've been listening to somebody else. They, they've been listening to, to you know, Benny Hinn or what's that other idiot? Um, um, one down in Texas, Joe, Joe Oldstein, yeah. Uh, okay, th- listening to. Oh, well, he says, if I just give him $1,000, God will bless me with 10000 Good for you. I'm glad you got $1,000 to give away. But that's what they're doing. And that's what these Galatians were doing. And Paul is, is so passionate with them. He, he's afraid. And this is the way we should all be, about people we know that, that's looking the other way. Why are you going that way? Why are you looking at that? Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight. Thank you for the word you brought with us, to us, for us. God, I pray that we would just honor you, and glorify you. And help us to hold on to that faith that we once believed we got from you. By grace through faith are we saved by through your Son. Christ alone. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for him, for his day of redemption that uh, he came and, and brought us that. Father, tonight I ask a prayer for each and every one here tonight. Lord, that you would protect them, guide them, help them through this week. God, give them what they need. Teach them what they don't know. Help them with what they need and help with. Father, we praise you and we glorify you in honor. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Right on time.